0: Good morning. How many of you are still having leftovers? Just, I can't do it. I give it one day. That's it. That's just If we don't polish it off in one day, it's, it's done. It's good to, to be here today with you. Thanks so much to Pastor Wes and Jen for inviting me here. Uh, he got to brag on me for just a moment, but I'd like to brag on him. I'd like to brag on Jen. You guys know this already about them, but they are just so loving and caring. Every time you have a conversation with one of them, you leave feeling better about yourself. Have you experienced that with them? So I've been calling them a lot lately. I just really needed that extra pep during the holiday season. I'm just so thankful for your friendship and um, a couple of interactions that were huge for me. A couple of years ago, I was just going through a difficult time, and we were at a conference, and Pastor West was there too, and instead of going into the session, he said, Let's just spend some time and talk. Um, out here in the lobby, and he just spent a good hour and a half with me, just ministering and letting me vent a little bit. Sometimes it just feels good to vent a little bit, but just spent that caring time. He wasn't looking over my shoulder and wondering, is there a better conversation to be had here? He just, he just was right there with me, and I always remember that, and I'll never forget my first experience with Jen as a worship leader. It was the National Day of Prayer in Clearwater a few years ago, Wes was there, Jen were there, and they were leading us in praise and worship, and I I say it to this day, that was my favorite worship at the National Day of Prayer that we've ever had, and I always wonder, will they just come back and do it again, just because God has just blessed her, blessed this team, and anointed you guys for a special time ahead, and I am so excited uh, about what God is doing at Bay Chapel, and the one more thing I'll brag about them is this, is you guys know all the stuff that I just mentioned. But what you don't often see are the tears that come with being a, a pastor, leading a church, walking people through tragedy, the loss of a loved one, funerals, and late night phone calls, and and on Saturday nights. If you, here's what you can pray: that Pastor Wes has a good night's sleep on a Saturday night. It just does not happen if you lead a church and he's waking up thinking about the morning, thinking about you, and and I, I just wanna I want to just spend 30 more seconds, maybe 20, uh, just. Do your absolute best. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Let's just honor your pastor and his wife, Jen. They're just so awesome. What I love more than honoring them like this is how much Pastor Wes hates this. So I just think it's good that we do this sometimes, whether he likes it or not. My wife, Amy, is with me, she's there in the second realm. Been married almost, almost twelve years. We've been married. I know what you're thinking. You look so young. I appreciate that. Uh, almost twelve. She's still with me, and this is why. I mean, I am just a really great guy. I gave her two beautiful children. Um, and don't don't judge me when I say I gave her two children because she's the one for years that reminds me I married you for your genes. Like she's told me that before. And then I kind of get a kick out of it because the Sarlo men all lose their hair and we all get fat when we get older. And so I'm just like, you wanted that, baby. Like, (laughs) Apparently we're really smart and we have beautiful brown eyes and that's really why. But I'm glad that she's here. We're just so honored to be here today with you and um, just the opportunity to share what I believe is a timely word for Bay Chapel in the season that, that you're in. We're coming off of Thanksgiving. How many of you hosted Thanksgiving? You had people over your house, we didn't do that this year, and I'm really glad that we didn't. We've done it, we didn't. We've done it before. But hosting is just really hard, in my opinion, even if it's not Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's a whole nother level. But just having people over your house, how many of you just find it, it's just a little bit harder to get together with people like now? We're just busy all the time, and and so we did this not too long ago. We ran into some friends we hadn't seen in a really long time, and we just have to get together. I feel like we say that now instead of goodbye. We just tell people, let's get together soon, and they say, yeah, that would be awesome, and then we part ways, and a year later, we have the same exact conversation. That's That's how it goes. And so we interacted with them one day. It was a super busy day, but we decided we're going to get together tonight because if we don't, we'll never get together. But when we made that decision, it radically changed our day. All of a sudden, the day became about them coming over that night. We had other things going on, but our minds were totally focused and our eyes just shifted on we've got friends coming over tonight. And so we cleaned like we don't normally clean. How many of you know? Some of you invite people over just to motivate you to clean the house. That's what some of you do. But we clean like we wouldn't normally clean. We go shopping and we buy things we wouldn't normally buy. It's just, what do they like to eat? Oh, I think one of their kids is gluten-free. One of their kids is dairy-free. Oh, they're this free, that food free. What do we buy for? Why don't we just gather just hold hands, pray, and fast, because no one can eat anything anymore, but we buy things we wouldn't normally buy, and that day was just getting away from us a little bit, and and we were going to be late. We are hosting people, and we were going to be late that, that night. I just, I could see it now. We drive up to our door, and they're just waiting outside of our door for us to to get here thank god they were also going to be late so that worked out for us but we're arranging the furniture we're doing whatever we can to make them feel welcome and at home when they come into our house they finally arrive their kids are there and it was a special night it really was a night of love and community and i remember we just hugged and we said goodbye and and they walked out of the house and then i just collapsed onto the floor i was just hosting is so hard and then I looked up, and I saw the worst sight in the world, the dishes. Ah! Oh. I learned something. You should learn this, too. Only invite people over your house who insist on doing the dishes. Oh, it's perfect. It's just, it's just beautiful. They may not get along or have anything in common with the group you're inviting over, but is your sister-in-law coming? Oh, yeah, she'll do the dishes. This is beautiful. And, 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 and don't look at me that way, because I don't want to rob them of their blessing. Of serving us and... And getting a blessing in in return. I, I think I'm supposed to preach a message, so we're going there, I, I think, here. <laughs> but the community and the love that was in our house that night just reminded me of the community and the love that God wants for His house every Sunday morning, where we go out of our way to welcome people in. And, and sometimes we get a little busy, and life gets just the best of us, and, and routines take over, and we forget to invite people to come with us into God's house. It just... It just happens. But I'm so glad that people showed up this morning and they cleaned the place. Before we got in here, kids people showed up, and they set up that whole area. Sound people, tech people came and set up this whole area for us to be able to, to come in. There's coffee and snacks, and it doesn't, it doesn't always go perfect during the day, but it's not supposed to, to go, go perfect. But there's love and community and, and hugging and helping one another, and it just feels good and special, and there's nothing like it on the face of the earth, I believe. There's nothing like it than when the church gathers on a Sunday morning like this, lifts up the name of Jesus, the presence of the Lord comes into this place, and there's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does best. And you and I get to play a part in sharing Jesus with someone else. It's the most important job that that we have. Here's what I believe the local church when it's focused on loving and serving and inviting and bringing people in, really is the hope of the world. I came here on grand opening a few months ago, and I looked around this auditorium, and I was like, oh, my goodness, Pastor West, look what God has given you. Like, this, this, how many of you were in the location before this one? It was great, nothing wrong with it, but when you walk into this, it's like, oh, whoa, like, wow, God. Wow, you must really love us. No, it's just like, look what God has given. And I remember Pastor West leading up to that weekend. You know, he, he gets nervous, and he was thinking about all the details. And are people going to come? Are they going to like it? And then you have Jen on the flip side who's like, we're going to take the city. You know, it's just God, God, God puts two people together sometimes to draw the best out, out of each other. It, it's, it's the truth. But he, here's what I know about the things that God gives us. He never gives us things just for us. He always gives us things, and in this case, he's given us Wharton High School, not for you people that are already here, but for the people who aren't here yet. That's why he trusted and gifted and stewarded this place to to Bay Chapel. Here's what I found out in in leading. The more we come to church by ourselves, the more church becomes just about us. So we'll come, and, and here's when you know it starts happening to you hey, the coffee was a little burnt today. Did you notice that? Like, it just was it was a little bit different than than normal. That worship song, again. How many times? God is unstoppable. We get it, okay? He, we, we, like, that's just the attitude. We, we, you know, and we're, we're like, oh, PW, he did a pretty good job today. Some of you think it's okay to call him PW. I don't know, but just... He did a good job today. I think he did better last week, though. And we we start having those, those thoughts a little bit because church becomes a little bit more about us the longer that we come by ourselves. But it totally flips on its head when we bring a guest with us. We don't really care about us anymore. Actually, we're not even paying attention to what's going on at all. We're just like, how are they doing? Are they, are they doing good? Do they like this? How's their coffee? Do you need more coffee? The bathrooms are back here. I'll go check on your kids. For, it's fine. If we just, all of a sudden, our eyes turn to not to what's going on for us, but what's going on for the person that we, we brought with us. When we bring someone with us, it becomes completely about them. Think about your own house. The longer you live in your house, you like things a certain way. You put things where they, they need to go. That all was ruined for me when we had kids. Like, they ruined everything when it came to, when it came to my house, not to my life. They're just, they're a blessing. Um, but Amy, <laughs> Amy reminded me, hey, you're not the only one who lives here anymore. It's not just about you. God has gifted us with our beautiful children. You're going to have to be okay with a little bit of mess, with a little bit of dishes, I'll just invite grandma over she cleans up Uh, it's just it's good but but it changed my perspective it it shifted a a, a bit and here's here's something that's challenged me for a long time and I think about it often but if you think about the church the local church it is the only organization in the world who exists for the benefit of its non-members we exist for the people who aren't here yet not for the people who already are. So if it's your first time here, we exist for you. We want you to have the best time possible. But if you've been coming, if you've been coming for, you know, let's say two weeks or a month or six months, the focus shifts. And and it's not about us anymore, but the people who aren't here yet. Jesus said it like this, Matthew chapter five. This is from the living Bible because I just loved this translation. You are... The world's light The, the world's light not, not the church's light But the light of the world A city on a hill Glowing in the night For all to see Don't hide your light Let it shine for all Here's how your light shines Your good deeds will glow For all to see So that they will praise Your heavenly father If you back up a couple of verses When Jesus calls us The salt of the earth The living bible says it like this You are the world's seasoning To make it tolerable Look at this question If you lose your flavor, what will happen to the world? If we're not salty, in the good sense of salty, the seasoning, the flavoring that Jesus has challenged us and encouraged us to be, what will happen in the world? And and to which some of you look around the world now and you just think, wow, what is happening now? Oh man, where it would be if the church wasn't alive and well though today? If Bay Chapel wasn't in existence. What Bay Chapel has meant to your life, where would you be? We've got to shine. We've got to be flavorful. And so the prayer is... Uh, how do we shine just enough? How, how do we provide just enough flavor to keep people coming back enough to where the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to work on their hearts and introduce them to the love of Jesus? That's where we are going, Bay Chapel, a place you're already this place, but even more so, as you move into two services where the doors really are flung wide open to the community and inviting them, come inside, experience the true love of Jesus. Find God find life here's where it starts though not just on Sunday morning it starts with you and me throughout the week John chapter 13 verse 34 Jesus says a new command a new law I give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another the mark of a Christian the identifier the calling card if you want to put it that way is not that you go to church on Sunday but it's the way you love people when you go to Sam's, I was just there last night, or Costco or the gym, you have this card that proves that you belong there. So I shared this awkward stare with the lady at the door last night, and I was wondering, are you gonna ask me for my card? Card, no card, like, are you gonna do that? Are you just gonna let me in, like, in that, in that way? But I ha- if I have to, I have this card, I can prove it. Don't look at my picture, but that's me. I'm allowed to come in and shop in here. Same thing for those, those other places. When it comes to uh, God's kingdom, love is that card. That proves that we belong. I, I'm a son and daughter of God because I, I love people. It, it proves it. And if we're honest, though, we would say, I don't always feel like loving and serving people, though. Is that okay to say in sure? I just don't always feel like that. When we had Thanksgiving, they were talking about bringing some new cranberry sauce that didn't come out of the can. And I'm like, oh, no, we don't do that here. No. <laughs> My whole life, I take this thing out of the can, and it's beautiful. Like, it's just beautiful. It actually looks terrible, but it's just beautiful. Everyone, they're crafting their whole meal, and then I'm like, nope, I got the can. Just like that. And Amy's like, it's not all about you at Thanksgiving. And I'm like, well, this is going to be about me. I'm going to have my can if I'm the only one that eats it. Here's what I love. Nobody ate that, that homemade version. They ate the can. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so... Anyway, I don't know why I said that, in the sense that sometimes I don't feel like loving and serving and giving and sacrificing, and and I think we would all agree and say that's the truth, but most of the time that happens when I'm doing things in my own strength and I'm just focusing on myself. Jesus gave us a great, great motivator, and it's not duty and obligation or just because the Bible says so. Jesus says, I've got a better way for you to be motivated. Just experience more of me. Think about how much I love you. And care for you and what I have done for you and and that'll help motivate you to to look outside of yourself and to look around to the needs of others Let me prove it to you I had just that moment this morning during worship and maybe you you've had this moment too Or you had it this morning during worship or during a message where there's just something special happens in the atmosphere Where the holy spirit just touches your heart in a way that you just say something along the lines of god I just give everything to you I just want more of you god I'll do whatever you ask me to do. How many of you have had that moment before with God when you just feel overwhelmed by his love or his presence? It's like, I don't care about me. God, what do you want? And all of a sudden, it's this natural overflow that comes out because God has poured out his love, the Bible says, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And it doesn't just happen in in church, but it happens just in life. Something great happens to you, and you are compelled to share it with someone else. Social media, of course, makes this so easy. Even when something isn't all that great, you're sharing it. But let's just scratch social media for a second. Just life in general, if you go to a new restaurant and have a great experience, you don't need the waiter to tell you, hey, make sure you tell your friends. No, you'll just tell them, wow, I had a great meal at that place. Other things, when you win something... If you're accepted into college, if you get engaged, what what if you get every green light on the way home from church this morning? Like it's like if you here's what's happened to me before. I've gotten every green light on the way home from work, and my wife will be like, How was work? I got every green light on the way home. Like, that's just the most important. It's just we share the good things that that happen to us. Sometimes we're on the receiving end of, of this. But people are passionate about something and so they want to tell us Uh, a few years back I just kept seeing this commercial of this guy with a mustache clutching onto this white pillow And he was just saying you've got to buy one of my pillows and I just saw the commercial over and over again And finally i'm like all right, man with the mustache i'm gonna buy one of of your pillows And and I and I did and I and I I bought one because he convinced me to to do that and so i i got that that pillow but he was passionate about his pillows and it convinced me and i bought one if you've ever met anyone that does crossfit they will let you know they do crossfit within the first few minutes of meeting them you know these people right you're not even talking about crossfit you're eating breakfast and they're like yeah i know you're eating breakfast but i flipped a tire 7 times today <laughs> so i just they just they're so passionate about it they want you to to know it just overflows in 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 their lives that here's here's a double whammy though when you have relationship with somebody and they know you and then you give them advice or a recommendation we are almost guaranteed to try it almost guaranteed my sister called me and said hey i heard you got one of those pillows uh what do you think about it and then i realized i am wielding some serious pillow power right now what i say will determine if you buy this pillow And I said, don't buy it, it's too expensive. She goes, okay, I want. What power I wielded there because she loved me and she knew me and she trusted me. And this is how it works in God's kingdom. I am going somewhere, I promise, with all of this. This strategy works in this way when we get to know people and we genuinely care about them and we're passionate about Jesus and it just overflows in our lives. I'm not talking about over-the-top passion because too much salt will ruin a good meal, by the way. Like, we have to know when to sprinkle it in here and there and to add flavor and that seasoning to that to that relationship. But when you do that and it overflows, when you invite that person into a conversation about Jesus or you invite that person into church, it's a good chance they're going to come with you because they, they know you and they trust you and they know that you care about them. I was looking up stats, and I do this kind of each year to see if the stats drop, but they are still the same. That 47% of people... Will come to church with someone they know if that person just invites them. 47%. And those stats skyrocket Christmas season. There's just something about this season where people are more open to come to church with people that they know. That's why Christmas at the movies, Bay Chapel, is genius. It's just genius. Come with me. It's something special that we do. You're going to really enjoy it. You're going to watch these Christmas movies. We're going to talk. Your kids are going to have. It's genius. Here's the way I see it. People are literally waiting to be asked to come to church with you in December. Ask 10 people. Four and three quarters of them are coming with you at some point in, in December. When we're passionate about Jesus and reminded about what he's done for us, it'll fuel us to love and serve people well. And that's how the church grows Let me give you some steps, though, with this and how you can be someone who salts the earth, who lights up the world. Number one, we have to identify our sphere of influence. We all have people around us that are put there on purpose, that we are meant to make a difference in their life, every single one of us. And this is what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, but we're not going to boast beyond limits. We're not going to do more than what we should or what's beyond our, our gift. But we're going to boast only with regard to the area of influence that God has assigned to us to reach even to you. God has assigned you to reach a certain group that Pastor West will never be able to reach. They're not in his sphere. They're, they're in your sphere, whether it's a coworker or neighbors or your family or classmates. So let's define sphere. Here, here's what it looks like. It probably looks like 12 people, no more than 12 people, that you spend at least an hour with collectively in one week's time. So not an hour all at once, but in one week's time, there are people that you interact with that totals up to one hour. That is your sphere. What I love about that number 12 is that's how Jesus chose to roll. That 12. I'm a, I'm a, this is my sphere that I'm going to impact. Sidebar, most dads only spend seven minutes a day with their kids. Seven times seven is 49 doesn't qualify to properly influence your child. That's not this message, though. That's a parenting series in the new year. God bless you, Pastor West. So, but you have your people, and they are there on purpose. Acts seventeen twenty six. I love this verse. It reminds me that I am not an accident, that you are not an accident. From one man, he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live look how specific God really is, that he chose the exact places. You thought you chose Wesley Chapel, and God knew exactly where you would be to impact the sphere of people that he put around you. There's a great story where Jesus heals a demon-possessed man, and the man's restored, and, and of course, he would say something like, Jesus, you've healed me. Now I just want to be with you, And Jesus actually says something really interesting to him. He says, no, you're not going to reach my people. Mark 5, 19, you're not going to reach my people. Go home to your people, to your family, to your friends, your sphere. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. This verse reminds me that it's just not about Sunday mornings. And we have those moments with God. It's like, Jesus, I want to stay with you forever. And Jesus like, I love you. Um, But I need you to go home to your people now, to reach your people. Tell them what the Lord has done for you. Tell them about your interaction in church. If we split up our sphere, we all have a people. We talked about it, but we all have a place, too. Psalm 90, verse 17, a verse that I pray over myself. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. God, wherever my place is, establish me there. Can I lovingly tell you, you something? And if you don't like it, that's okay. I won't be here next week. So I'll just tell you now. Stop, stop being frustrated in your job and start praying that God's favor would rest upon you and that you would be established there. Because here's what I know about God. He ain't moving you on until you're established there and reaching the people that he's put you there to reach. So let it be a motivator of, I hate this job. I better get everyone saved so I can go. Like, whatever it takes (laughs) to establish yourself there, to be faithful there, because because here's what God is saying. I know you say you'll have a better attitude if you get a better job, but that same attitude you bring to this work, it's going to end up being the same attitude you bring to the other work unless you figure it out here. Be faithful here so that you can be faithful there we all have our place, but we also have our passions and god does this so brilliantly designs us so differently and then puts us together with people and And here's what I would say what makes you come alive use that to help influence people that are around you There are some of you men that didn't talk all year until fantasy football came back around again You were silent and then football season and it made you come a lot. How can you use that to positively impact people when Connect Group launch when Connect when Connect Group's launch next year? If you think about it as oh man, they're asking me to put something else into my schedule, you'll never do it. It's not a good motivator. But what are you already doing that you can just bring other people alongside in your life? We love going to restaurants every Friday. Well, what if you went to a restaurant and you invited two other couples to come with you to those restaurants and you just talked about what God's doing in your life? That's a connect group in that way. So you see the difference of, oh, do I need to add something to my schedule? Or what am I already doing that makes me come alive that I, I, I have to eat? I mean, so it's just invite people to come along with, with you. When you do what you're passionate about, it, it won't drain you. It'll actually be fuel for you. When, when we encourage people to join a serve team, it's less about, oh, we need you in that area. And so it's not, well, Pastor Wes needs me there. No, you need you to be there. Because there's something special that happens when you tap into what God has wired you like to serve someone else. I believe you are most like Jesus when you are giving and serving. And so if some of you are feeling a bit, I just feel a little dry in my walk with God. What do I need to do? You probably need to serve. And that's just not a pastor because we desperately need help in kids. It's not that. It's you desperately need it for your walk with Lord because it'll fuel you. There are some people that work 50, 60 hours a week, but they can't wait to be with your kids on Sunday morning. Some of you are like, that ain't me at all. And it's not me. It's not me either. I don't like other people's kids. I'll just, I just don't. I only like mine every other day. It's just in the season we're in right now, but, but. But it's that thing of that, that would drain me. But it fuels them. We got to find what fuels you and and join a team, especially in the season that you're entering into, because God's calling you to reach more people. And to reach more people, we're adding another service. And and that means more people who are serving and more new people that are coming in. and, And it's time. It's time for some of you that have just been waiting to be asked, you're being asked. Let's do it. Let's jump in. You'll be more fulfilled, I-, I promise you. Talk to the parking people. Talk to those that are greeting you. Do you like what you do here? Oh, yes, join me. You know, so it's just, they do. They're getting fulfilled in it. So we got to identif- identify our sphere. Here's number two as we're kind of rounding the bend here. Meet people in their place of need. You and I have to be people that meet people in their place of need. Galatians 6.2 two share each other's burdens. Here's what I found out about sharing burdens with somebody. You can't find out what the needs are unless you're close enough to them. I can't help you carry that weight unless I come alongside of you to help you carry it. So I go to the gym often. You can tell, I know. Um, But I go, and oftentimes I am there there'll be somebody that'll say, hey, can you come over and help spot me? This is just the language for, can you come help me? Because by myself, this weight could crush me. That's what they're saying. This weight could crush me if I don't have someone to come up alongside and to help me just in case it gets too heavy for me to do on my own. How many of you know it does no good for me to say, hey, you're gonna be fine. I'm gonna stand 10 feet away over here and I'm just gonna clap for you and cheer for you and, and you're gonna do it. No, no, that's not gonna help them. Because the weight could then crush them I have to come up close Sometimes even put my hands on the weight with them To help them carry that And that's what it takes really To come alongside of people We have to get close enough To help them carry the weight And so sometimes we use language of Oh I will pray for you And James chapter 2 would remind us Sometimes we have to say Hey I'm not just going to pray for them For an answer I'm going to be the answer for them God's gonna do it for you. And God's like, I'm sending you to do it for them. That's, that's what God does in our sphere. If we get close enough, we'll see needs, we'll notice them. It's what Jesus loves. Jesus, he tells a story about when he's coming back one day, and he's gonna come back and he's gonna separate the people to the left and to the right, the sheep and, and the goats. And in this case, the sheep is a compliment. And he's just, I'm gonna separate. And you people, I'm just, the people that are over here, I am going to welcome you into my kingdom. And here's why. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I needed clothes. You clo- I was sick. You, you visited me. You looked after me. And these people are like, when in the world did we do that, Jesus? And what did Jesus tell them? Oh, when you did it for your sphere, you did it for me. Jesus comes back and he doesn't say, I'm so glad that you were at church every Sunday. He celebrates the people that saw needs, saw needs and met them. You, you noticed the needs in the world, and you met them. I'm celebrating you. Welcome. That's why I love these kindness cards that you guys have. I just think they are brilliant. They're such an easy way to show people the love of Jesus, and you have no idea how God will use it couple of easters ago we were buying people starbucks and passing out kindness cards and um, there was a lady who we didn't even buy something for but she noticed that we were buying something and giving someone a card and she said if that if your church does that i'm going to visit your church she just noticed from afar and said if that's the kind of church you guys are at i want to go to that church she just she noticed all we did was fill fulfill someone's need for coffee and bought it for them, and they're like, well, come to church with you. I remember when Amy was, was younger, and how do I put this lightly? She was not a very nice teenager. That's just this very way I'll put it lightly in that way. If you've ever seen Mean Girls, that was Amy. I just mean in that way. You can't believe it now if you introduce yourself. You just wouldn't believe it, but here's why. Here's the point. There was a leader that saw something in her that she didn't see, wrote her a note. And called out all that stuff and said, you're making some choices right now that are gonna lead you down a path. I know that path, don't go down that path. And it rocked Amy. It completely set her life back on course because someone got close enough to see what was really going on in her life and took the time to write her a note and it really set her life back on course. You have no idea the impact just because you're noticing the needs around you and you're caring for people. And here's the last thing as we close. It's what I love about God and his church, that even though I'm spotting that guy at the gym, I can't do it all on on my own. When people are going through stuff, I can't fully help them, but I know someone who can. And the goal is to point them to Jesus and his church. At the very core, people's greatest need is Jesus. The way to find God and the way to find life, it's through Jesus Christ. It's to to be introduced to him and to his love. And he does it through his church. He does it through you so that you're able to say things to people. The reason why I'm serving and I am loving you right now is because Jesus served and he loved me. I can't completely lift the burden, but I know someone who can. I am not perfect by any stretch, but God is in this habit of using imperfect people perfectly if we will just let him do that. Point them to Jesus who already has his arms outstretched and saying, come to me. Those of you that are weary or having a hard time carrying the weight of this world, hey, come, I'll exchange that weight. I'll put a burden and a weight on you that is so easy and and so light. Point them to Jesus. It's all about him. And he set Bay Chapel, the local church, up in such a way, you call it a home. How many of you call Bay Chapel your home? It's my home, away from home. And God's design and desire is to have other people that are out there right now call this place home. And they are so close to calling this place home. But the strategy is this. You and I have to start investing and inviting. Investing in people and then inviting. And I'll close with this verse. It's one of my favorites. Psalm 92, verse 12 through 15. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. The godly will flourish. That God's design is for people to flourish. I'm not living a halfway life because Jesus didn't die for me to live halfway. Jesus died so that I can live life to the full. The godly will will flourish for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. Who is out there in Wesley Chapel right now that needs to be transplanted out of darkness and into marvelous light? Who is out there right now that needs to be plucked out of a life, really, of death and to be introduced to life? Who feels so guilty and full of shame that God wants to transplant them out and place them in a place of grace and mercy and go from mourning to dancing? Why kindness? Because kindness leads people to repentance. Why do we love people? Because Jesus loved us first. Why are we people of hope and we're excited? Because hope, the Bible says, never disappoints. Why at the movies? Because it's a creative way to introduce people to Jesus. Here's what I'm declaring over Bay Chapel today. That you are people of passion. That you are people on a mission. Love as your calling card. That you're going to start investing and inviting. Because next week starts a brand new season over Bay Chapel. And look around. There's room for more. The doors are being flung Raw, wide open for you to invest and invite, and to bring people alongside of you that need Jesus more than anything else to be called out of darkness and into His light. Let's pray, Lord Jesus. Church isn't about us. I mean, we get a whole lot from it, but you're calling us to take it up a notch, to to let us invest and invite other people to join us on this journey, for them to come back enough where the Holy Spirit has room to work in their lives. Inspire us, challenge us, put people on our mind that are in our sphere that we need to start taking an interest in. God, we're not going to work tomorrow miserable. We're going to work tomorrow on a mission. You have us there for a reason. We we give you our lives, Lord, because you gave your lives, your life to us. Before we leave today, if you're here, and I know this was a message a lot for church people, but there may be guests in the place and, and maybe some things were happening during the morning during worship or even during this message where you, where you felt kind of something going on inside of you. And, and I would say that's the Holy Spirit just drawing you gently, inviting you into a relationship with Jesus because you've tried a bunch of other stuff and you realize there's just no joy and there's no life. When you find Jesus, you find life. You find purpose, you find meaning. And so I want to invite you today to take that step. You don't have to know everything. None of us knew everything when we decided to give our lives to Jesus. There's time for that. But we're just saying, I surrender my life. I don't want to do it my way anymore. Jesus, I want to do it your way. And I just want to invite you to respond to that invitation. And you would just say, that's me. I want, I want a, a brand new start. The Bible says he wipes your past clean and you have a brand new hope and a future that he's preparing for you. He wants that for you. Your pastors want that for you. So I'm just going to count to three and ask. If that's you, you just say, will you pray for me, Pastor Joey? I just want to start a relationship with Jesus. On the count of three, you'll slip up your hand. No one's looking at you, just me. And we'll pray for you, and that'll be it. But if that's you, one, two, three. Just put your hand up. Oh, I see lots of hands. Oh, that's awesome. That's wonderful. You say, that's me. Please pray for me. I want to start my relationship with Jesus. And I'm just going to pray a prayer right now. It's not about this prayer I'm praying as much as what's going on inside of your heart. But for the sake of those that raise their hand, let's just all repeat this this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you have more for me, that you died for me to forgive me of my sins. I ask you today to give me a brand new start. I want to live for you now. I make you my Lord and my Savior. You're my best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands for all those who prayed that prayer today. Amen. Amen.